Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast, the Rangers podcast delivered to you, the fans. My name is Graham Curry. I'll be the host today, and I'm joined by three other teddy bears. We've got Steve, David, and Chris. Steve, how are you going? Not too bad, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having us back on after my debut last week. So maybe didn't stink quite as much as I thought. Ah, uh, solid performance. We all enjoyed it. So he's all invited back. David, how are you doing, pal? I'm well. Uh, so good evening to all my Rangers brothers. Uh, good to that we're uh, getting close to the kickoff again, Aberdeen and, and Tuesday. So yeah, uh, get the phony war over with and get things, get the game on, as they say. Fair enough. Chris, are you getting excited as well? Looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to getting back to the the football. Um, Travelling up to Aberdeen on Tuesday, so looking forward to. Um, getting up there and um, supporting the team. A long break without it, and it's you just especially especially the winter period when we're talking before, and it's a traditional time to be going to the football. It's like when you want to go, and it's a you've got a wee bit of time off work usually, so it's a it's been a bit of a killer not being able to do it, being postponed like this. But we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Aye, so today's been a bit of a. Bit of a whirlwind at Glasgow, uh, Glasgow Rangers. We've had a few a few announcements being made today. It's been quite a busy window in general. Um, I think we've got a good bit of business getting done. As far as I can see, we're doing it all well. Um, kicking off with Nathan Patterson. Nathan Patterson leaving for a fair bit of money. Um, Steve, what was your thoughts on Nathan leaving? Uh, I had quite a good kind of saying it last week. It just broke before uh, the podcast, but I'll just kind of reiterate what I said last week. I mean, I think it was just a great deal for everybody. You know, the club got a lot of money. He's obviously got to be on superb money himself. And he's probably getting to the stage where he's kind of what to play games. Um, and I just think he, he's in one of the two, one or two, one of the two or three positions, sorry, at Rangers where the guy that, that, that he's behind, you know, like sort of Morelos, Taff, whatever, they don't get injured. So the chances for them were few and far between. Um, so I, I, I just thought his message when he left was class, and I think I'd like to see him back at some point. But I just wish him all the best, really. It'll be a, it will be a miss. He was going to have a promising future with us. I, I really, I was kind of hoping he would stay, but with the money that's coming in, you, you can't knock that sort of money back. I don't think, um, and no, you're not going to displace the captain. So I think probably the right decision from all parties. Yeah, it wasn't the only um, bit of transfer news. We've also had a, an introduction. James Sands has come in. He's come in from New York City. Um, David, do you follow the American football? Uh, to be honest, I'm blissfully unaware of James Sands uh, until obviously the the news came through that he was on an 18 month loan with an option to buy. Uh, but clearly uh, the the boys rated, you know, so they, they can obviously there's the connection with the city group there. So they know they knew of him. Uh, I don't think there's there should be much at stake with this this guy. I mean, clearly a decent player. He's a young talent, uh, international caps, league winner. You know, what's not to like? You know, eighteen months. You know, so we've got 
No doubt there'll be some sort of loan fee involved, but we'll get a, a good look at them over the 18 months, because 18 months is quite a long time for anyone to be in loan. But obviously, it would, if, if, had it not been that, it, would, it may have been only six months, which may not have been enough. So, no, I'm absolutely delighted, uh, because the boy seems to be a, a utility. You know, he'll, he'll central defence, uh, he'll, he'll mostly midfielder, which I think is his uh, prime slot, but he also provides us with cover at right back. So, gosh, what's not to like? Smashing. I think it is the, the, that link between the City group, that's where we've got that connection from, and that scouting's probably network. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing this boy. Um, he can only be a great player. If he's playing with the national team at that age, he must be a player. So I've not seen him, seen him in person, seen the obligatory YouTube clips, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing him with a, with a blue strip on. Chris, do you think he'll come into the team immediately, or do you think there'll be a bit of a bedding-in period for him? I think it's obviously we'll see under Geo how that plays out, but as we, we saw under um, Gerard, he, he liked to kind of, you know, play the, the players, these new players in sort of gradually at different points, unless they were coming in right away to take a starting, you know, slot. Um, I think just kind of what David was saying there, he, he, the, the good thing for me is he can play in a number of positions. Um, really appeals that he can obviously and be that utility man, which I think is needed for us. Um, I don't think we've really got many players like that where you can slot them in, 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 in different places. And seems to be well well thought of over there. Um, I saw a video on Twitter, Twitter a New York City fan um, crying into one of his strips. So um, he must be well well rated by that fan. So I hopefully he's you know he's he's good and I, you know the eighteen month loan thing is a bit strange for me to give somebody for that for that length. But as you say, David, a six month one probably doesn't do any justice. Um, so I happy happy with that, and we'll, we'll obviously we'll obviously see it's a long season, isn't it? And even now with the the games probably coming thick and fast as we see coming back for next week, but we'll probably be needing um, people to fill in gaps. Yeah, I I just have a feeling that I don't think we're going to see too much on between now and then the season. I don't know what it is, um, but I think the eighteen month loan deal almost gives them a bit of a free well not free hit for six months, but you know like. Sort of gives them six months to bed in, have a pre-season with us, and then I think next season will be the when when we start getting the benefit of the first team. Uh, I had a look. I think he's got about seven, six or seven caps for the USA. But I was listening to something they were saying that I think they had two tournaments or something over the summer, and they had to split into two squads. So I think he was almost in the, the sort of backup squad or A squad, whatever, however they however they classified it. So. I don't think he's quite in the, you know, first pick for America or that yet, but they're certainly getting stronger. And when you look at some of the young players that have come across for the MLS and some of even the bigger leagues just now, I think they're really starting to export some good players. So um, any, from a personal point of view, I think any impact he has this season, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'd be expecting him to kind of kick on for the start of next season after he's been here for a while. And it's not just the football element of it. He's a young boy leaving America. So he's coming out of Europe. He's got to get himself settled into a new country, which is, you know, can't be un, um, underplayed. He's going to have to bed himself in and get used to the yeah. culture. And um, it's not just, as I say, it's not just bedding into a style of football. So that is probably is a good idea that he's got this six-month period um, to see if he likes it as well. You know, you know, is he going to enjoy, work, enjoy working abroad and... But I, 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 I tend to agree with you, David. I think it'll be 
not so many starting uh, positions, starting places for the next six months. But I expect a bit of turnover in the summer. I expect quite a lot of guys to be leaving us in the summer. And I think it will then be a, a revolution. I think there will be a um, a revolution of the team. And I think Gio will start to put his stamp on it. So it's a good signing to get in now. But I think it's also a, a long-term plan, a long-term solution. Um, but yeah, and that revolution's already kicked off today because we've already had a few... Um, ins and outs. So leaving us today, we've got Jermaine Defoe and we've also got Stephen Kelly who has went to Salford City in League Two in England. So two players leaving us there today and we've also got Cedric Eaton who has came back in. So as I say, a flurry of activity today and quite a lot of announcements and you can see I think we're we're actually starting to get a, a squad together, both in and out. Geo's starting to shape it. David, what's your thoughts on um, on the movement today? Yeah, it's uh, exciting stuff because I, I think it will give uh, Giovanni. He obviously had he's had some time, you know, to uh, put his have a good look at the players. I think the, the initial uh, time spent with uh, Jim, James Sands will be, you know, an assessment of the player. How quickly could could we get him in the team? Is the boy ready? Uh, will he need some time to settle in? You know, how the, the form of other players, you know, Bakuna, John Lundstrom, you know, so sometimes uh, needs must. And, and, and if he comes on, performs on the training ground, uh, Gio likes what he sees. He may end ended up playing a, a, a wee bit quicker than planned. It, it's really just how, how he grasps the opportunity. Uh, but exciting times, you know, and the, the two young boys out today, Stephen Kelly off to Salford, uh, Leon. So the it's Gio is obviously uh, putting together a squad which he sees we'll see him through this season. Uh, get get him to the next transfer window. As long as we've got a winning squad, get us to fifty six. Uh, mission accomplished. You know, hope and with with the, some money in the bank. You know, which obviously was uh, much required uh, when we lost to the Celtic accountants, but. <clears throat> You know, Nathan Patterson for me was a, a, a fantastic uh, prospect. Still is a fantastic prospect, but you're right. I mean, was he going to dislodge uh, Tav from, from that side? No. So you either shoehorn him in somewhere else and, and you, 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 you set up a system to fit him, which I don't think Gio was prepared to do. I think he's uh, just too strong a character for that, you know, to uh, accommodating players just for the sake of it. So, yeah, it's, and and. Big uh, Cedric coming back is, you know, I didn't see that one coming, to be honest, because, uh, but now that the foes moved out, we will need some cover up front. And and to be honest, you know, uh, Big Ced, is, he's, he's done it, you know, on, on occasion when called on. Will he see much game time? I would have to have my doubts, but he's, as long as he's sitting there as cover for uh, the, the forwards, then uh, he'll, he'll be doing a good job. It's a... Uh, so exciting times. I, I think we, we should be in a good position with the squad that we have. Uh, obviously, there, there's probably further business to be doing, you know, in terms of Suter, there's the boy from Vitesse Arnhem, uh, has been mentioned possibly for the summer, but you know how these things, uh, when once you've made the, the, the contract to offer, the clubs, you know, have got a decision to make as to whether you uh, you have a player who's contracted to another club or you jettison them for, for whatever fee can be arranged. So. 
I think there'll be a there will be further developments over the next couple of weeks, no doubt. I think uh, just on the two strikers, obviously. Um, first, obviously, Itton uh, coming back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I don't blame Gio because I don't think the loan spell was particularly working um, for, for Itton over in um, Germany. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he fits because I know Gerard, you know, probably didn't fancy him too much, although he had some big moments last year. I think he's got a lot to prove still, but, but certainly... Having him around, I think it's up to Gio now to have a look at him and see where he fits. But I probably wouldn't be surprised if he maybe has another move this window hitting if Gio doesn't fancy him, um, maybe elsewhere. Um, but I just wanted to give you a special shout-out for one of my favourite players over the last couple of years, been Jermaine Defoe. Um, buzzing when we signed him. Always been a, a, a striker that I've admired. Um, obviously, doing in England then when we got him. Um, I think you're know, obviously getting him at the, that age, but I think the even the captain today has put something out about the influence that Defoe had in the, the changing room, not not even just on the on the pitch. Um, and you know, I think his influence last season can be you know underestimated. And when you get your captain coming out and, and saying that, I think you know it deserves to be recognised. And you know, I think it's probably the right move for uh, for Defoe um, to go on and, and, and move forward, but. I think he'll be he'll be missed, and you know a special shout out for that goal against Livingston last year was absolute belter, and it was great to see him get a goal against Celtic as well when we hammered him, obviously. So we shout out for him because, um, as I say, over that fifty-five season, I think he'll always be a player that will be looked back quite fondly, um, and and good luck to him, obviously, um, where, wherever he goes, and hopefully big big Itton can come in and, and fill in that sort of gap that we've got for that that striker. But I'm not sure if a, if big fella will be happy with a, that amount of minutes because the full wasn't getting a lot of game time. So, but good luck to him and good luck to big Cedric, obviously coming back. Yeah, I think on the full, um, don't think he was really getting wasn't really going to get much game time this year, and I think the change of management and that Mackay coming in, I think he was always going to take over the kind of the striker coaching role, or I know his first team coach, but you know, he's got to have a lot of input with the strikers. I think Defoe was probably just feeling a wee bit edged out, but I mean, I don't think there was any anything else behind it. He, he maybe feels he can offer another six months, maybe somewhere in the lower leagues in England, and maybe call it a day then. I uh, loved seeing him getting his uh, league winner medal. I think he deserved that for his career. And uh, again, his statement, I, I know players don't really put out bad statements when they leave, but I think that was a classy touch as well. And I think we all knew he was a classy guy before he was here. Remember what he'd done with the wee guy, Bradley Lowry at Sunderland when he was there. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a soft spot from after that. Um, moving on to Stephen Kelly, who's away. I actually thought he would have went to a higher level um, than Salford. I suppose, I mean, you can only go where, where clubs are wanting you. But he had a good uh, impact at Ross County last year. And... I actually thought he was going to be the one for the younger ones that maybe just edged into the team this year. You know, if Davis was getting phased out a wee bit, but after a kind of um, positive uh, pre-season and getting some minutes, he's, he's just not featured. So I don't know. I don't know if he's not showing up well in training or whatever, or we've just got too many options in front of him. But again, I kind of think this is maybe his last. You know, he needs to go down there have a make a right impact and then come back in the summer I don't think if he's not breaking at the team next year I think he probably needs to move on full time for his, his sake I got a bit of a fright I did get a bit of a fright when I seen that coming through the day that he was leaving because 
I've got high hopes for Stephen Kelly. I think he can do a lot in his career, and I think he can do it at Rangers. I, I, I really hope he's not going to be um, one that's pushed out the door. When I say I got a fright, it's just because I've seen the headline that Stephen Kelly was leaving. Obviously, once you read the story, he's just going out on loan. So that gives you comfort that, okay, let him go and do another loan spell and, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed for his, his benefit that he comes back and is a better player for it. One thing I did notice, um, one thing that I did notice is that the picture that he put up on the to, to announce that he was leaving, he looks very slight. So, so slight. He's such a slight boy. His, his leg muscles just don't look as if they've developed. So I think he just needs to get a bit a bulk about him. He needs to bulk up or, or do something anyway because he looks a wee bit of a light player. But from what we've seen him, certainly in pre-season and obviously on his loan spells, he looks like a player. He looks, he looks to me as if he could make it. He's a really, a really talented guy. So I hope to see him make a great... Um, a great showing of himself and, and get himself back up the road um, for the start of pre-season. Yeah, listen, I think that sometimes timing is just, a, it's it's just down to fickle luck Some, in occasions. Maybe it's just that Sands has taken his place in the queue. He's just a wee bit too young to be, you know, first team, you know, to be a series contender for a, to be a, a place on the bench who's actually going to have an impact on the game. So it's, I think as football players, he's technically very good. But I think sometimes, you know, in the short run, you can be unlucky in terms of, you know, the other players who are in the squad, uh, the form of individual players. But I think in, in the longer term, you will get what you deserve. And that, that will be as true of Stephen Kelly as it is of any player. It just may be that Sands, you know, is a couple of years older, a bit stronger, a wee bit more experienced and has just taken his place in the queue. Therefore, to get Stephen Kelly game time, we'll just uh, put him down to Salford, where, where no doubt you know he will uh, he will feature most days. So it's, sometimes it's just down to timing. Uh, you see, that's quite interesting. He brought that up about sort of physicality uh, the two years actually, because um, it's one thing I think Rangers have been really good at in the last couple of years. You look at the difference in Scott Wright since he came in; like he's bulked up. I think we we are quite a physically strong team, even for guys that you wouldn't naturally say, you know, like their physical presence is one of the big things. And I, I've noticed that about Stephen Kelly as well, that he, he just looks, he looks wiry, you know, rather than sort of muscly and uh, powerful. But, and again, that's, that's a good point for you as well, David. I thought that James Sand looked a pretty, pretty big lad for 21 year old. Um, and as you say, it's maybe just a, a physical thing. So, um, one thing I would say, I said I was surprised about the level that Kelly went to. At least he's got to a team that should be fighting at the top end of the table in League Two. But I'm always a little bit wary when our players go. I almost sometimes think they, they should go down a league and fight at the top rather than at the bottom of our own league because that's not what they're that's what not what they're going to experience at Rangers. You know, I think you want to be in a team that's used to winning. Um, but again, just personal preference here. I'm going to stick up for him as well because he's a local lad to myself, Stephen. So he's actually 22 in April. So I think he's actually older than James Sands by, by a wee right. bit. Um, I, I think he's got a, a bright future in the game, without a doubt. Uh, hopefully it is. And I think um, when he comes back into our midfield in the summer, I think there'll be changes in our midfield. Obviously, we've got Ryan Jack with a contract. Um, I, I can't see Ryan Jack getting a new deal with the, with the injuries. Um, as much as I love Ryan Jack, 
Um, I can't see that uh, happening. Um, and and I, I'm envisaging, hopefully on January, um, but there to be maybe a, a movement out for, for one of our kind of uh, main midfielders, potentially, if there's a big bid. So I think there'll be a gap opening up for um, for Stephen. And he definitely has got ability, but there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, he is slight, without a doubt. Um, but when he's, he's played at times, he's, he's looked apart. And I know that Gerard had, you know, really fancied him. Um, and, and obviously kept him involved in his squads. Um, so fingers crossed he goes in there and, and does well at Salford because I think there is a role at Rangers for him, but just depends, obviously, um, if, it, if it kicks on when he comes up. But I think there will be openings more so, um, as you're saying there, David, you know, just opportunities in the summer, I think, um, as we move forward. Hopefully, Gio put some put some in there. But we'll, we'll see how it goes from Wish him all the best. I think it crossed. Um, good luck to you, Stephen, and all the other players have left us. All the best, and thanks for your service. Any other rumours that you've heard? Any guys that he's fancy to come in? I guess one of a couple of the other that David's mentioned earlier was um, John Souter, and uh, there's another boy coming for the, the Dutch team, Vitesse. I forget his surname, but... Um, Daniel, Daniel Lohr-Duka. I'm glad you tried to pronounce it because I wasn't going to be able to do that. Daniel Luduka, Vitesse Arnhem's captain. Nice. Was, was 23. I mean, uh, they're saying that they will not uh, discuss it with anyone unless there's £2 million on the table. So it's just, but the press reports are that Rangers are keen to uh, make him an offer for the summer where, where there would be uh, no, no transfer fee because he's free to now to. Uh, sign a, a contract to join Rangers in the summer. So I don't know whether we, no one's going to stump, stump up £2 million to sign them for six months. So that, I don't think that's going to happen unless it's, uh, it's, it's the usual brinkmanship, you know, the get, get your poker face on uh, and, and and do the deal. Uh, but I, it, what I'm hearing and uh, from today are that uh, John Souter is, is possibly, you know, Almost there in terms of agreeing to to come to Ibrox. So, uh, that's one of the things about um, the Dutch boy is he's got a a good pedigree at international level. He's come right through. He's got caps all the way through the the unders. So he's obviously well thought of in the Dutch setup. You know the international side, uh, international setup. I should say he's well thought of. Chris, any thoughts on on this guy or or I like the look of this because I think this is us starting to veer into uh, Geo's markets now um, and a different sort of, maybe not a different level, but a different type of signing is what we've been used to because obviously we know Gerard's signings were, you know, predominantly from down south um, and the sort of contacts he had. So, no, looking forward to it. Um, and I think our, our backroom staff will obviously be very influential in terms of being able to get guys like him over. Um, so hopefully that one we can get that um, going and I you know the, the reports for, for Suter seem to be kind of leaning towards that he's uh, wanting to come to ourselves I know that's potentially Blackburn and uh, is it Stoke maybe that's the, the other um, option right Sheffield United um, I mean I know we're biased but for me that's no brainers but I suppose they might be, be willing to offer them you know immediate game time they might be willing to offer them a wee bit more money I know Blackburn are going for the Premier League so you just you just don't know obviously about where that's going to go but I mentioned on the first podcast that I've done um, with you guys that I'd be quite happy with, um, with, with Suter other than the injury worry um, but 
I am relatively um, happy with, with those two, um, but I think Gio will be working hard behind the scenes to see what else he can bring in this, this window. Yeah, my, my only sort of worry about Suter, I mean, I've, I've not seen him play loads, but the games that I've seen and, and games that I know other people have been at, I don't think there's any doubt that he can hack it at the level we play at. Um, my concern would be, and I don't know, it's seems to be unfair that you keep going back to this, but his injury record. If we end up, say, losing Goldson in the summer, Goldson is pretty much a 95%, 97% available player. If we lose Goldson in the summer and we end up with Helander, Suter, and the new guy for Holland, um, I'm not going to try his name either, um, you would say there, and we'll say Balogun, see he's number four, I know he might leave as well, but that's three of them who have either had serious injuries in the past or are currently injured in, you know, Helander's case. And since he's been at us, as much as I like him, we cannot rely on him for 40 games a season like we do with Goldson. Um, I know people have their own thoughts on Goldson, but one thing you can never aim at him is that he's not available uh, pretty much for every game. And if we are talking about getting rid of Goldson and replacing him with Suter, um, it's not so much the level of the player that would worry me, but as the availability. That's my fear. Just it's, and it's built into us as Rangers fans. I, I think I say that as well, but last year I was talking about it, that the amount of injuries that we've had for centre-halves, guys that we've bought, and then immediately they've got knee injuries or some sort of problem. It's That's the concern for me. And, and even at that, I'm not convinced he's at the level. I know you guys are, are, are bigging him up here, but I'm not convinced that he's at the level we need, especially if we're trying to progress. If we're going into a European campaign in the Champions League, I'm not sure he's at that level. He's maybe got room for improvement, and if he gets coached well enough, um, but it's it's no one for me. I would actually rather we, we swerved him, and I know that's I'll probably be biting my biting my tongue next week when we actually sign him and I'm and I've got him on the back of my jersey, but. Um, I, well, when, is, I, I, when is a done deal you back him, isn't it? You know, that, I've always thought he was a great player, you know. You know, so but I I I kind of harbour some doubts as well about John Suter. You know, so is he going to take us to the next level? Then, you know, Champions League football if, if 56, you know, you're thinking, well, is 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 that you would you would have to say no. I mean, if you were take him, you know, the uh, one of the guys the, the boy from uh, Vitesse Arnhem's a product of the uh, Ajax Academy. So, you know, technically this boy is, will have it all. Uh, he's captain at 23. You're thinking, you know, that maybe there's there's some more room for improvement. Gio will obviously be well aware of what this boy could bring. You know, how well does he know John Suter? He'll, he'll probably be relying on, you know, maybe others' information. So, but it's, it's like any transfer. There's always that element of risk involved you know in terms of injuries are they going to step up because you know and you'll have seen it through the years that when some people who come to Ibrox the minute they pull that jersey over their head get on that pitch they, they'll have a look around the stand at 50,000 people and, and think Jesus Christ almighty you know am I going to be able to do this so some of the guys just can't hack it uh, through you know no fault of their own with football ability it's uh, it's the ability to to handle that pressure as well. So there's a, there's a, a few you know factors in the makeup of a good Rangers player, uh, and you you really you really don't know for sure until they get there. So 
there's always a risk. Always a risk. I think, and uh, you know, the best Rangers teams that, that we've obviously watched for me, obviously the Walter Smith team, uh, a big advocate team. Um, we've, we've always kind of snapped up the best of the rest in the league. You know, the best sort of Scottish players, and they've, you know, the likes of Kevin Thompson. You know. Coming in, I know Nacho Novo was Spanish, but how many people thought he was going to be as good as he done? You know, scoring the penalty to get to their final. So, I think sometimes we can downplay some of the players in our own league. Um, but you think that UEFA Cup final team, you know, Stephen Whitaker in that, um, the goal was scored in Lisbon. You know, when he signed from Hibs, I don't think many people were jumping for the jumping for the rooftops. I think that was amazing. So, I think. Um, aye, and for, for every Stephen Whitaker, there's obviously been a few donkeys. I, I will admit that, but it's a uh, for me, it's if we get him in a free a contract, I don't think we'll be paying him golds and wages. Um, so I, I don't think it'll be a massive, massive gamble. Um, but I do get that the, the sort of fears of him maybe not taking us to the next level. But you know, Scottish players have done as a turn in the, the, the past before when we bought him from other clubs, you know. So Neil McCann wasn't too bad when he came for Hearts, was he? No, yeah, right. It's, it's a good point that we do snap up the best players and it is a low-risk signing, I suppose. Even if we were to pay a small fee in um, this window, it is a low risk because we're not going to lose much money off them. As long as it's not too long a contract, we're not going to then have too much of an outlay or too much of a commitment. So, um, aye, let's see how that one goes. I still, It's no for me, but no doubt... After we hang up here, it's going to be announced on Twitter. Steve, what's your thoughts on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to kind of add there about, um, you'd said earlier on about any other ins and outs. Um, I was thinking more about the Lundstrom one. I don't know if you've heard any more on that. He was kind of uh, linked with, I think it was a loan to Middlesbrough, where he's at Sheffield United managers in place. But I, I was actually, um, had a WhatsApp just before this, um, one of my mates was saying, the Australian boy Celtic we're going to sign has done an about turn or something and he's headed to Middlesbrough. So I don't know if they play in the same position, if that would in, impact Lundstrom going or I don't know if he's heard anything about that. Or, no? No, nothing coming through to me, no. All right, okay. Um, yeah, that would be the only other, that's the only other sort of in or out that I've heard. I would like us to buy a right winger. Um, watching the games, um, I think what Kent offers on the left-hand side I think we either need something similar on the right. I'm quite a fan of Scott Wright, but I don't think I would like him to be in that position for the remaining games. If we're going for the league, I like him to come in as a sort of backup for right or left. And if we don't can't find somebody like Kent, I think we need somebody that's a big goal threat um, on the right wing. I think that's well, that's about the only position that I think we really need strength in. Is that no Cedric Eaton, Steve? Would you not put him in there? Is he no a... As, I know he's not like a tricky winger in the same mould as Kent, but is he not a guy that you would play right wing that could then go and support the forward? Well, I possibly I That would be, I think, I know it sounds like we want to assume the other, but that's either, that's what I would like to see. Either somebody like him who is pretty much there just as a goal threat or somebody like Kent who is there, you know, he put more chances on the uh, plate for Alfie, really. Um, I, I don't know if, I, I kind of said last week, a wee bit of sympathy for Eaton because he came in as a striker last year, never really got played as a striker, came on as a sub for 10, 15 minutes at the end of games as a right winger and got judged on how many goals he scored. So I, I didn't think it really added up for me, but 
in my heart of hearts there, I think he's got to make it with us and become a kind of top Rangers player. I would say probably I don't, but I still think he deserves a bit of a better chance. I don't think any of us can make that through assessment until we get to get that game time. It's, yeah. it's um, It looks a player to me. I fancy it. I really think he's a good player and I think he's got a lot to offer, but none of us can make a true assessment of it until we actually get him, get him in the team. I see well, he's I think- actually... He's kind of broke back into the, sorry for interrupting there, he's broke back into the Switzerland squad, I see. So, I mean, Switzerland are a really steady international team. They're always sort of top 15 in the world, aren't they? So, always at World Cup. So, there's obviously something there. Yeah, well, I would think that uh, it's an, I mean, it may be that Gio, who will be aware of of, of Cedric Itton and, and what he could possibly bring to the team, and maybe he sees there's something there that he can work with, bring him back. Get him on the training grounds, uh, and with a view that you know Roy McKay uh, is is there to to get these guys you know up to speed with whatever Geo wants to implement, then it, it maybe he just sees he's, he's someone he can work with, someone who's got a bit of potential, adapt to the, to a, a different system, because you're right with with Gerard it was just kind of in and out you know and he was kind of filling in he'd be in the left sometimes mostly on the right. Uh, and he's got he's got ability, the boy, but you you know he's he's not Alfredo Morelos, that, that's for sure. So you know, and he's never going to win that contest. So m- maybe there's another slot in the pitch for him where, where Gio could uh, could make the best of him. It's uh, I'm hoping that they're working on that you know, in the next wee while. Once Gio gets a close up look at these guys, uh, <clears throat> he'll be in a much better position. I think he's obviously touched on it about Switzerland. I think he's been scoring goals for them as well. I think he's done done well for Switzerland, and I think they're one of the you know better nations, if you like. So, I think he, the system that, that Geo plays might suit him as a striker as well, because he likes his strikers to be strikers. Um, so you know, if we're playing with actual wingers and, and getting balls into the box, then the big man's obviously going to be on the end there. Um, and even if we just bring him out and put him up front with Sakala for the Motherwell games, then he'll be sorted because I think he scored against every game. I can't remember his goals when that was Motherwell. And you know what? That game, if we think back to last season, um, I remember watching that game um, and it was tight. You know, it was at it, and, and and a big man got his got us out a hole that day. Um, Motherwell had about forty men behind the ball, if I remember right. Um, so he, he can certainly, um, I think he does well in that low block. I think they took the low block to the extremes that day, but I think he, he does well in in those games. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him coming. You know, coming back in. I think he, he definitely offers some. He's, 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 for me, he's never near as good as Alfredo, but um, you know he's, he offers something different. Um, and I think if if we were to get an injury, you know Alfredo, hopefully not. But if we were, um, you're starting to look at that bench and, and worrying because I don't think as much as I again really think Kamar Roof's a great player. I don't think he's brilliant at, at sort of holding the line and running the line himself um, and being that striker. I think he likes to play in the kind of ten holes sometimes with another striker. So. I think he, I think under Geo's system, I think he could um, potentially do do well. Big Cedric, I think he's in fact he's brought Itton back in and having a look at him. Um, I think that sort of tells you that Geo is potentially interested in in playing him. See, uh, just what you're saying there about Roof as well. You know, I mean, touch with nothing happens to Morelos, but we would not we want to go into the final run of games with relying on Kemar Roof as the number one striker because you just know. He's got to play two or three games and then he's out for two or three. And if we're then relying on it, and 
could be the answer, but you know, we've not got any evidence really to back it up. It just come back to the Motherwell game, actually. That was the that was the game last season that I think I finally made peace that we were going to win the league. I think I was pretty nervous in games up until then. That game, so it and always have a place in my heart for that. He made the last few months of the season a bit of a bit of a canter and uh, nice and relaxing to watch. I thought that was tricky. It was. I remember watching it and and I remember thinking, because uh, we've got the scar tissue, haven't we, in the previous season? So you're thinking. This isn't going to happen today, and obviously a big man popped up with it. So that was a, a huge moment. Um, and I it was it, it set the scene, I think, for the rest of the season. As you think, we started to believe that it was happening. Aye, let's hope he bangs in another few and leads us to 56 as well. Then welcome back to said to Ted. Just moving on to then that probably rounds us up for the transfer window. I think we've covered everybody that's coming in and who has left. I don't see any other rumours. They are the only two big rumours that I've seen that we've covered there is the, the, the two guys. So, well, there's one other. In tune. There's one other. In. Sorry. Swiss Pal was uh, Seagrass, the Dundee United goalkeeper. So, big uh, Cedric's uh, Swiss colleague. There was rumours that, you know, that Rangers may be making him an offer to, uh, oh, with okay. a view to bringing him on. Uh, I've not seen that rumour. No. Yeah, Segrist was mentioned as he's he's a decent goalkeeper. I mean, he's never really played at a, at a top club, but uh, at times we've played against him, I've always thought, you know, the boy looks at... He's 29, and clearly his best years are probably still ahead of him. You know, so I don't know whether that would be a, something that they would be interested in. It might be something that we would be a, just wait until the summer and make a move then. Every goalie that we play against seems to be brilliant. That's the way it is for me. Every time I see we come up against a goalkeeper, they're brilliant. Then you see them the next week and they're, they're dropping balls and throwing balls in the net. Chris, what about you, Seagrass? Aye, well, I think he was the keeper that had the clean sheet that won as a league that day, wasn't it, for Dundee United, Celtic. So I'd just yeah, give him a contract. I'd give him a contract for that, just for half. Yeah, um, I it was a, I think he, yeah, they always stand out against us, what you say, they're going to spot on. Like, says that obviously they do that, but. There's, um, I think there's obviously going to be a need for a keeper um, potentially next year, but uh, I did see that rumour as well, David, along with the uh, boy at St Johnston's and Clark as well, potentially, but um, none of them fill me with great hope as a number one, to be honest. Number two yeah, you're right, and, it, and it's back to that uh, question as to whether the, these guys are an upgrade in what we have. You know, I mean, is Seagrass going to be take the replace of John McLaughlin? Well, not for me, but... No. No, I'm not certainly not an expert. So, see, no. to be honest, if we're looking for an upgrade in what we've got, we're not upgrading an Al McGregor, are we? I know he's coming to the end, but um, I, I think I'd be quite comfortable with McLaughlin taking over as number one. I, I can't think of anything that he's done in the games that he's played that fills me with any dread. Um, and I spoke to a, a good mate that's a Hearts fan when Rangers signed him. He was obviously at Hearts and then went to Sunderland. And um, he was quite shocked that we'd went from. He said that he didn't think he would sort of be up to up to it, Rangers. But I, I can't think of one instance that. I mean, he's maybe not quite Alan McGregor. You know, McGregor, anything that's heading towards the goal, you think he's got a chance of saving this. And I'm talking about any keepers that some of the better European keepers that I've seen at Ibrox. Um, I don't think I'd swap McGregor for any of them. But I think he's. I think this will be his last season. 
I think, uh, you know, just talking about McGregor and potentially evens actually giving me the fear thinking about it, but he's been that good for us. When uh, Gorham left, we replaced him with Stefan Kloss, um, who was unbelievable as well, you know. I don't think he was as good as Gorham, personally. He's still number one for me, um, Andy Gorham, um, as much as I love McGregor. But um, McGregor's just, he's just been so good for us, you know, over the two the two spells. And he's going to be a massive, uh, massive loss, but... If we we would need to really think, really, you know, who we're going to bring in to replace him, because he's um he's pretty he is nearing the end, obviously, of the career. But I think we've seen a massive difference in McGregor, the fact that he's consistently getting picked just now. I don't think it was doing us any favors with him and McLaughlin both playing. But I agree, uh, I really like McLaughlin. Um, but I think the fact that we're we're obviously getting linked with keepers was obviously a suggestion that it might be McGregor's last season, but um, he'll definitely begin doing as a, an icon, no doubt about that. Well, I think Alan McGregor's, uh, his place in our history is absolutely cemented. I, I remember when being in the club deck when McGregor came back, and I can't remember, it was a nice sunny day, so it was kind of early season, but I was just sitting there with a big smile on my face thinking, it's good to have a proper keeper again. You know, we've got a proper goalkeeper, you know, because obviously we've been traumatised with the likes of Cammy Bell and Robinson and guys like that, who you just watch through your fingers. And then uh, McGregor come back. He, he made a he made a couple of saves during the game, and it was just it was relief as much as anything. We've got a proper keeper again, you know. This was uh, etched in my mind. The big man is superb. He will be, uh, you know, he will never buy a pint in the, the Loudon Tavern for the rest of his life. So uh, he's he's one of our own. I mean, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, Alan McGregor. So. He's now approaching, I think he's now reached 40. So you're thinking, you know, time will, it will catch up with, with us all. But uh, certainly in the, the, the season, you're thinking, you know, it's, it's, have you, you know, I think there were, were a couple, you know, making it early doors. To be honest, my hand in my heart, I think, you know, the Malmo game, uh, McGregor didn't have his best ever game for Rangers. But, I mean, since then, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> and the big man's so vocal. He's just, uh, one of us, uh, gosh, it'll be a sad day when, but, but I think we've got a ready made replacement in John McLaughlin. I really do. So it would be remiss of me. Colin's not here today, but Andy Fuff might also get a shout. <laughs> yeah, he would be shouting. That's what he would be shouting if he was on the pod today. Andy Fuff will be taking over as number one. So I better, <laughs> I better give him an honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> So how's it been with the football guys? Has it been a been a, a struggle for you is watching it? Nothing to watch. The only thing I've been watching is the the African Cup of Nations. I don't know if any of you seen the Nigeria game or any of the games at all. But... I did. I watched a bit of the Nigeria game, but, but just look, I mean, I saw the, because Joe Rebo's on the park, and, and gosh, I'm talking about building up physicality. Joe's another one who's clearly spent some time in the gym. But it seems to be that it's in the rules of the AFCON that it's, the, the score's 1 0 because the maybe they're only allowed to score one goal and then does the game end at 1-0 or do they actually play 90 minutes but but I did watch uh, Nigeria and I actually thought Nigeria were, were, were quite good and uh, Sadiq come on in the second half and he looked every bit as big a diddy as as, as I remember him but apparently you know he's uh, the boys either he is a good player or he's just he's just hiding it well but he, he was you know doing that chasing about I mean, obviously they can run like the winds but, you know, I got a wee shudder down my spine when I seen him come off the bench. <laughs> but they rolled on. They won the game. Egypt, you know, had 
couple of chances, couple of flurries, but I think I thought Nigeria kind of beat them at arm's length. So, and I think that's this top. That's the only game, and it was only taken to it because Joe Rebo was on the pitch. So, I I, I watched well. the I caught the first half of it yesterday. I was at work, but I managed to stick it on and uh, watch the first half. Nigeria is quite a strong team. There's a lot of kind of Premiership players in there, and I have to say, Rebo was either the best player that I've seen in the first half or he certainly never looked out of place and that kind of worries me a wee bit um, if he does have a really strong tournament um, that if he comes back before the end of January transfer window that he might be gone and if he is I just hope it wouldn't be too late that we could uh, try and get somebody to replace him because I think he'd be a big mess Um, I don't know if just talking about the other African Cup of Nations when you were saying there about the game ending 1-0 did you see the referee today that had an absolute shocker but did he blow up at 85 minutes, reset the game at 87, blew up again at 89? <laughs> There's some like two sending offs and nine subs or something in the game. So <laughs> they then had to go out 20 minutes later to play the last five minutes, and one of the teams didn't turn up. I mean, only in Africa could that happen, really, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, did you see any of the Nigeria game? What was your thoughts on Arivo? I, I watched it um, just purely for um, for Joe, obviously, trying to see how how he got on. And I was interested because he played in a kind of two in midfield with Ndidi, who's not a bad player for Leicester. Um, and he, he actually stood out over Ndidi. He looked better than him. Um, he did not look at a place on that park. Um, and he actually, for me, was probably um, the, the better player. Um, and the Nigeria team and I don't think they actually needed to do very much to win that game um, I was I was laughing at what was going through Salas he'd obviously change him for the Liverpool team to that Egypt team but um, aye, I was I was happy for him and I, I was saying that yesterday um, to my brother I was, I was I'm torn between wanting uh, Aribo to have a great tournament and do well because Obviously, we love Joe Aribo and you want to avoid a day good for his country and them getting hammered and getting sent to him early so we can get him back in the games. But it just kind of dawned on me the day that, that we're actually, as much as you're you know, reminiscing and wanting him have a good tournament, he's actually not going to be available for this Aberdeen game and the other games that are going to be coming. So we will miss him, no doubt about it. Um, but I hope the boy's a good tournament and I hope he does his self-justice because he's a cracking football player. He's unbelievable football player to watch. Touched on it on our last uh, podcast, but his goal away to Hearts was just unbelievable. For me, Jordy Bowe's the best player at the minute in, in Scotland. Um, and I know we've got probably the second best player in Ryan Kent when he's on form, but I just think Jordy Bowe's so good. Um, and I, I, you know, I think Nigeria could go far in a tournament. Um, not great for probably Rangers overall, but I, I, I think we need to enjoy Aribo well we can, is, is, is my thing. I, I think he'll be one of the next ones to go and I said in the first podcast that I've done just not just not just now just give 56 and then you know go where our, our kind of best wishes but aye it's not been a great standard in the old AFCON I don't think I think today obviously summed it up with the referee um, I think they went for a water break and they forgot to turn his clock off and <laughs> thought it was obviously 90 odd minutes um, but you know it's, it is what it is as long as he's uh, is, is a rebo's alright and has a good tournament and get him home safely I think they've expanded it this year to more teams. So I think it's allowed a, a lower lower level of team to qualify, kind of like letting Scotland qualify for the Euros in the summer there. It's it's letting the dross get into the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought Nigeria were very impressive. They just pinned Edinburgh, uh, they pinned Egypt in 
thought they played really well. And Aribo showed up, as, uh, as you've all said, I thought Aribo showed up very well. I was having a look, uh, actually, during the week about what games he would miss. Um, their group games are going for, the, I think, the 11th and 19th. So if they got knocked out in the groups, he would only really miss Aberdeen and probably Stirling Albion, which is on the 21st. Um, I think we all expect them. I think it's back to this crazy thing that happened in the Euros that the top two get through and then the, most of the third-place teams get through or something like that. It's, it's harder to get knocked out of these tournaments, isn't it? Although Scotland managed it, I suppose. But, um, and then I think they would pretty much have to get to the final um, for them not to be back for the Celtic game. Is that right? Or maybe the semi-final? Yeah. Let's take us on to then the fixtures. So let's have a wee look at what we've got coming up because it's been a... It's been a while since we've been able to look at a fixture list and say, oh, we've got a game coming up shortly. So as you said, we've got Aberdeen coming up. Um, away to Aberdeen. So these are just the January fixtures. Away to Aberdeen, home to Stirling Albion, home to Livingston, and then away to Ross County. So looking at that, I would be hoping for nine points and progression in the cup. Anybody get anything to... Worry about is Aberdeen Aberdeen a problem for us? Um, I'll come to you first, Steve. Anything anything of concern? Um, I'd have to say we have our cup record in the last few years. Sterling's probably the biggest concern, to be honest. <laughs> uh, obviously joking. Um, I think if we can beat Aberdeen on the 18th, I think that actually doesn't look as bad a January as I had in my head for some reason. Um, obviously, I know the Celtic game has been moved, but I had... I thought we had a really, really tricky January. Um, we all know what Aberdeen's got to be, don't we? Um, they've not been in the stadium the same as everybody else. Biggest game of the season. Um, they might even have filled their stadium. Who knows? They might turn it in numbers. Um, but no, I think I think if we can beat Aberdeen, um, you would expect us to have nine points um, for the rest of the month. And it obviously puts us into uh, the start of February in a good position. Chris, what about yourself? I think, you know, obviously Aberdeen away is um, one of the kind of trickier fixtures usually because they're, they're up for it, they gave everything. Um, I'd imagine that's not going to change uh, given some of their signings in the summer. Obviously, Welcoming is up there. Um, but I, I fancies, uh, fancies to go up there. I think um, under Geo, we've been very controlled in the way that we've played. I don't think we'll get caught up in any emotion in the game. I think we'll just we'll just play it. We'll be cold and calculated. The fancies to get up there and uh, get the results that uh, the result that we need. Um, similar to yourself, I'd be disappointed to you know not have nine points and go into that game against them in uh, high spirits. So, I I think that the cup obviously gives the opportunity to uh, maybe play other players as well potentially, and a cup for for Gio is going to be um, massive. The record under um, Gerard is as much as it was great to win 55, but the cup record was abysmal. Um, so, aye, looking forward to to, to January and, and the fixtures. Looking forward to, obviously touched on it at the start, but looking forward to just getting back to the games with, you know, my boy and um, my mates and, and everything, getting back and watching Rangers. It's it's what it's all about, isn't it? I think everybody's missing it. Everybody truly is missing it. And- it's a bit of a shambles how, how it's came about in the first place. And then we're now having to do um, tests and, you know, passports to get into grounds and stuff. It's It really is ridiculous. And we said this at the end of last season or, the, you know, when we had to curtail our season, 
there's no logic to why it's happening. You know, there's, there doesn't seem to be any facts or any science behind, right, we're going to stop it for three weeks and then we're going to let everybody in. 50,000 just cannot go to the football on Monday. But then I can see Partick Thistle are, are raising a complaint to say, well, how is that allowed? How can, how can they get 50,000 in on a Monday, but we can't get 3,000 in on a Saturday? It's it's so frustrating and it's, it affects so many people. So hopefully that's the end of it. You know, hopefully we can draw a line under it and it's, that is the end of it. And we're, we're now over, over the worst of it. But yeah, I, I think everybody else just really looking forward to getting back into the stadiums, back into Sea Rangers. Um, but I can't can't wait. The only thing I would say about the fixture list is it's now because of that we're now going to have to have a big squad because we've got games so close together. You know, eighteenth, twenty first, twenty sixth, twenty ninth of January, and then the second of February. So we've got five games right in between one another. Yeah. Uh, so te- when I was saying, do we have any concerns? I guess we don't have any concerns about the opposition. Maybe I don't. I don't see any concerns about the opposition, but maybe just managing our squad will be what we need to overcome. David, are you? How, how yeah, are you well, going to get back? The fixtures they uh, continue apace, you know, because after the, the, we play them in the second, we've got Hearts in the sixth, Hibs in the ninth, Dortmund, and then in the seventeenth. So I mean, it's it's going to be uh, you're going to be calling on your whatever squad you've got, you know, to run through these fixtures. So it's going to be two a week. So I think the there are not many slots available, and and one of one of the concerns I would have is that you know if the if we're going to insist on checking fifty percent of the home crowd, you know for uh, COVID passports, you know it's you're going to have to get there about half past one because that's just uh, that's just insanity, you know how how this is all going to be done if or or we're just going to pay at lip service, you know and you flash a phone at the steward. Who sees a, a QR code on your screen and, and you walk past because if they're going to do it properly with 50% of the people, that's just uh, that's nuts. Absolutely insane. Because that, that it would it would take for 25,000 people to have you know to, to check them properly, it would take hours. Take hours, we're kidding ourselves on. It's la la land stuff. But the government just seems to have uh, ticked a box by saying, oh well, we're, we're pretending that we're kind of controlling this. So if they, they, they're pretending they're controlling it, then we'll pretend that we're checking the, the COVID passports. It's, uh, we're kidding each other on here. So that's... Seeing all of it just isn't it practical, is it? There's no, there's no practical way of policing it, so it's, it's, going, it's going to fall away. It has to. There's no way it can continue. And I know you're saying that about the fixtures there, David, but just to say as well, that also gets worse because once we get by Stirling Albion, we've got another Scottish Cup tie. Yeah. And then obviously once we beat Borussia Dortmund home and away, we're going to have another round of fixtures, which I'm sure we all agree is going to happen. Obviously. I mean, who? Borussia who? Dortmund? What? Is Haaland still there? He, he left yet. Um, I think it's going to be... Aye, I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's, it's a big game. We've been kind of... We've had a few, um, I would say, decent ties over the, the sort of Gerrard... Um, European run I mean I know I, I was negative there about Gerrard's uh, domestic cup run but in Europe unbelievable um, to get us back to where we we rightfully should have been um, and probably still not yet hopefully get that next year um, but I think uh, Dortmund's going to be unreal um, you never know 
do you know what I mean? You just you just never know. Um, I think we would need a bit of luck, obviously, to do them both legs. But I'm I'm confident, you know, confident under under Ibrox. I just hope. I know it's not going to happen um, because Germany's just you know really restricted just now. But I just hope that the Rangers fans can get a, a travel over there and a you know a, a kind of a trip over to Germany. But I think that's maybe asking a bit a bit too much. Um, I think the you know just in t- touching on the, the the fixtures, I think I was watching Aston Villa. Uh, v Man United in the cup the other day and Gerard was asked why are you playing a, a strong team and he says we only play one game a week between now and the end of the season we're not in Europe and it kind of got me thinking like you know we actually do play a lot of mad games up here you know we're constantly playing football and I think he's obviously been doing there and thought why did we need to you know rest players in the cup we, we, we can we're only playing once a week so he's obviously took that down with him um, and, and that mentality it was just an interesting comment because I think he was actually reflecting on how busy your schedule is usually um, and the players that he's got at his disposal so I, I think um, it's, it's it's going to be busy and, and we've got no room for error you know now that they've made that quite clear um, so hopefully we, we can avoid any kind of COVID cases and COVID issues mm-hmm. um, and, and just kind of move forward and, and, and fulfil the fixtures um, hopefully there's no more daft political moves to get things postponed and moved um, because we've just not got any room for that anymore. It, my only kind of concern with the fixtures would be uh, any COVID outbreaks at the club because I actually think our squad do well when we're playing games constantly. I thought last year, I thought we played our best football when we were still in the Europa, uh, Europa League group stages um, and the players just seem to go for one to the other. I think we've got quite a robust squad um, again, hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the arse. And I think this wee break in the middle with the three weeks um, has got the new management team and coaches and the players. You know, Gio, I think, played something like nine games in his first, was it first 33 or 34 days or something like that? So I didn't travel into games, European games. He has had pretty much zero time on the training ground with the team. He's now had, I think he gave them a week off. Now we've got your two weeks of training, um, get some more of his ideas across. And then, as I said, I think straight into games, and I think we play our best football when we're playing a lot of games. I think you're right, Steve, because it, I think the time on the training ground is going to be invaluable for us to see what Giovanni really wants from this squad, because he, he's going to put a stamp on it. He's not had the chance to do that, just for the reason you've uh, listed, is that it's been two games a week. We're going to going from rest time, training, game, rest, and, and been in that cycle up until now. So they've been back since the fifth. You're hoping that, uh, you know, Hawk and Howie, that they've been uh, spending some time and looking at how he wants to tweak the side for, for his particular requirements. How what How is it going to change? Uh, and hopefully you'll have done that. You, there'll be different players and you're thinking, you know, here, this is time we should see, Hopefully, and it begins on Tuesday at Aberdeen because you know they're going to come out that tunnel breathing fire as they always do. As long as the Rangers players are, are you know, match that commitment, then uh, the superior ability should uh, should see us through that game. It's uh, I, I, Aberdeen. I mean, the season so far, you're thinking, you know, why do we worry so much about going up there? Because it's the results just don't actually match. Uh, the, the expectation because they, they they're not that good aside they're conceding goals I think the goal difference is plus one you know it's, it's it, they're uh, they're eminently doable so unless we have a a real bad day at the office 
we, we show up, we'll do Aberdeen. Yeah, the, only, the only thing that's in my head, and I don't know if this is scar tissue from previous winter breaks, but it's the winter break and, and that kind of, you know, just when you were touching on that, else, uh, Steve, I agree. I think we play our best football when we're constantly playing football. Um, I don't know what the players think of that, but but certainly it felt feels like that watching it. You know that when we're c- continually playing games, it, it looks to be um, a well-oiled machine. Um, but the winter breaks obviously threw a few spanners in the work. Obviously, we've not went anywhere hot. And saw Gio talking about that in a Dutch interview. It would have been nice to take them away, and I was like. I don't want to read the next paragraph. Don't don't be taking them. So yeah, obviously we never. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can de- have a better return from the winter breaks than Gerard did because that was. I mean, I remember the the Joe Warrell game at, at Kilmarnock, and you're thinking we'd just beaten Celtic, um, Ryan Jack, and you're thinking let's go now, let's let's kick on and and do this, and it just was a disaster. We return back. Um, also remember. Stranraer in the cup being a, a really leggy game, um, similar to you know the fixture that we've got coming up. So hopefully we can see a difference there. But that'll be something that I, I would imagine Gio will be well aware of, um, and the players certainly will be well aware of that. So fingers crossed, as you say, David, that we can come back with a result against Aberdeen on Tuesday and just bounce on. Looking into it, you know, let's look at the positives. We are going into it, top of the league. We're going into it as a form side. And that's evidenced by the awards we're dished out today. We get the manager of the month for Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. So that was a fitting reward, you know, straight in the door, already manager of the month. And also Alfie, player of the month, who's looking looking great the last few months. I know we've not played for a few weeks, but has been looking good. So we as Rangers are getting into this looking lo- looking like the best team and ready to kick on. So you're, you're right, Chris, it's just scar tissue. Stop worrying. We're going to be fine. We're going to blow these teams away, no problem. I hope you're right. Do you know yeah. what surprised me about the arrival of Van Bronckhurst? And it, this is just my impression. You know, I don't have much evidence for all this, but he seems quite a, a, a disciplinarian in terms of you know and uh, managing the squad, managing the squad's time. Uh, uh, he seems you know it run a, a very tight ship. Which I mean, I'm delighted about it. And he goes, hankers after you know, the Jock Wallace thing, you know. And so I think he has uh, high expectations of them, and he and he and he doesn't suffer fools gladly. So, which I, I'm quite uh, excited to see. And apparently, from what the McLeish reported in the paper, was that the guys uh, absolutely love his, his training. He says he's uh, it's been it's it's imaginative, it's it's intensive, and the. Uh, they're loving it so far. So, what you I mean, expect, though, David? He's a student of Dick Advocate, who was a disciplinarian. You know, he he ran a tight ship, so you'd only expect that. And then he's been going to play for Arsenal and Barcelona. You know, he has been coached in the right way, coached by the uh, Dutch national team. He's, there's no way you're going to be going in there and playing ping pong the way Alan McCoy had them doing it. Yeah, he's uh, mentored him, mentored by Pep as well, and I think Pep, as much as he comes across as um, you know, the kind of cool guy in the touchline with the Stone Island jumpers and that on. I think behind the scenes he takes no shite for nobody. Um and I think he's he's pretty ruthless. So Gio was doing obviously meant on him. So I I think um it's pretty clear to see that he's he's got that um bit of an iron fist ruling in the, the changing room, which you know what that it's obviously worked well with players. The players have responded. He's got manager of the month and um, you know, it's it's also no surprise to me to see uh, Morelos getting player of the month because he's been unbelievable and a different player 
totally under Gio. I mean, he's he put up a wee uh, video on Instagram uh, the other day, yesterday maybe, and he just looks he looks lean and, and, and fat. Um, it's always a worry when you see um, Alfredo return back from Christmas um, and see how he's going to get on, you know. <laughs> I think he overindulges the old Christmas puddings usually, but he's... Uh, uh, he was looking looking sharp, and I think uh, again probably testament to to Gio um, and and what he's expecting for him. Um, and if I said this previously, but if we can get um, Alfredo Morelos kicking the ball the best way possible over the next two months, the league's in the bag for me. It's absolutely in the bag. Mm, I think that's a cracking point, Chris, because I think a, a firing Morelos is going to uh, take us fifty percent of the way there in it. Because just feed feed this boy the ball, and he will score. So and 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 if Gio elects to go with two wingers. You know, Kent out left, maybe a new one or a Sakala on the right. Get get the ball to Alfredo. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say we'll get ahead of ourselves here, but you know, I think it, we would take some stopping. We would take see, some when we, see, when we just go back to the Van Bronckers thing, there's a reason that promising young players go for firing up to Rangers, to Arsenal, to Barcelona... And there's a reason promising young players go for likes of Hibs State Rangers on loan to Peter Brown, whatever. And it's really because the likes of Van Brockers don't turn up at training and piss about, you know what I mean? Um, they've all got talent, and I think he's just brought that into being a manager. I think it's a it is a pretty, you know, a Dutch thing. I think when Dutch people sort of have problems at clubs, it's because they come across arrogant and stuff. It's, it's very rarely because they just go and uh, what, piss about with their mates and go and you know, hit the drink and that. So I'm not surprised that he's came in. Um, and I think it's maybe just a, you know, a, a different voice for the players. I don't think there was anything wrong with the professionalism under, under Gerard. Um, and just touching on that with Morelos, I think that Roy Mackay has, why would you not want to learn from him? You know what I mean? He was, he was a tremendous striker. Um, and I think um, the whole, you know, we speak the same language. I think that has probably helped Morelos. Um, and that Instagram video, he's obviously not had the same diet as me over Christmas. <laughs> Two selection boxes a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's it, both Roy Mackay, which I didn't, I, I didn't, I knew Giovanni would have spoken Spanish, you know, being at Barcelona. But Roy Mackay also speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that, that, yeah, so that's uh, be invaluable for. And Morelos looks just in the last few games, so. I'm getting quite excited because uh, the Buffalo will fire us to 56 if we uh, keep them fit and keep them keep them supplied with the ball and keep them fit. <clears throat> it sounds as though we're all predicting a hat trick for Morelos against Aberdeen. Would that be fair? <laughs> He's lethal up there. Predictions, Chris. You'll you'll kick us off. What's your score prediction for Aberdeen? Two <clears> 0 <throat> uh, um, I think it'll be a sort of. Cam Job, um, Morelos getting us the first um, in a penalty for a second just to wind everybody up. Um, a, a dubious one, even better. A die for Morelos, please. Um, I think I, I think we'll go up there and I think it will be. I, I think we'll take the the noise at the game quite early. Um, I think we'll we'll take the noise at the Aberdeen players quite early. I think we'll just gut them there their thing. Um, and get the results. So for me, against Aberdeen, I 2 0 Rangers. You know, David, predictions, please. Right. I'm going all in here. I'm going 3 0. So uh, I think if we get an early goal, I think it could be as many as we uh, want because, you know, in the matches 
in December, we've we've played well, but and created chances, but we, our scoring rate doesn't really match the number of chances created. So I'm hoping that the couple of weeks in the training grounds will have uh, sorted that to some extent and we can blow these guys away. Yeah, Steve, prediction, please. So if you went through my betting history at Bet365, you'd realise my predictions are horrendous. So I kind of want to call a double bluff and say, Aberdeen, you beat us 5-0. <laughs> um, but if I actually look at the two teams... I think it'll be tough. Um, I'm going to go 2-1, Rangers. That's what I but had to do as well, Steve. Don't put any money on that, OK? Because it'll not come in. I've got the same betting record as you then, because I'm, I'm I'm pretty hopeless. I do it every week, but it's a donation to the bookies every week. Yeah. I, I, think we'll, I think we'll get a victory. I think we'll score, score a couple of goals, and I'm going to go with 2-1 as well. We're nearly there, guys. We're nearly there. The game's nearly here. Just hang on in there. Guys, we're going to wrap up for the week. That was, um, was a nice nice discussion about the Rangers. And as I said, we're nearly at the Rangers game. We're nearly back to, back to seeing the boys in blue. Thanks very much for joining us, Steve, Chris, David. It's been a pleasure to speak to you tonight. Listeners, please get in touch if you've got any comments on tonight's episode. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch through the usual methods whether that be Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or other social media things you saw there, please get in touch with us and please let us know your feedback. Thanks very much, guys. We are the people.